slide. It was a real joy to share uh, our series on the book of Ephesians. It's also a real joy to say that we've completed it. There's just something after a long series of take a deep breath and say, oh, that was good, that was great, and it was a lot. And I hope that the Holy Spirit helped you through that time to learn more about him and a lot about yourself in light of his love today. And so I've just been praying the last week, Lord, so what next? And for today, the Lord said, why don't you spend a few minutes with me? And we always do that, but the title of the message is Moments with Jesus. And we're just going to look at a few moments in Jesus' life when he was kind of hit between the eyes with the events of the day. He was moved upon by the actions of someone around him. He was touched in a special way. And, and we all know these stories. They're very well-known biblical accounts. There's nothing new under the sun here. It's just going to take for a few minutes today to be reminded of what mattered to Jesus. To be reminded of what moved him. So that as we understand ourselves in the light of being in him, dwelling in his presence and his presence dwelling in us, that we also are moved by those moments in our life as we worship him for the way he was moved by those events in his life. We're going to have a couple of different things going on today. I'm going to read a little bit of scripture to get us started. We're going to have a couple of videos as we go through and other scriptures, so we're going to mix it around today. Um, but if you have a Bible, if you have a device or however you would read the Word or up on the screens, I'd invite you to turn to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, you'll see the words on the screen up there as well, starting with verse 35, reading through verse 38. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, remember that phrase, when he saw the crowds, he was moved with compassion upon them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Jesus was moved by the needs of the crowd. He was moved by the needs of those that he saw out there. I think we can get that on the screen. Or not, we're stuck. That's okay. Now, we can go back to the... Maybe we lost it. But he was moved by the needs of the crowd. Most of you heard preach on this before, but the, in the original language, it really says that when Jesus saw them, when he saw their hurting, when he saw their pain, when he saw their circumstances, it was like his gut was turned inside out. There it is. His gut was turned inside out. It was, it was just like this, almost this sick feeling, this burden, this pain that moved through the Son of God when he saw the masses helpless, hurting. Now, in the NIV, it talks about this idea of being harassed. And he's been healing and curing and trying to help all these people with every different kind of malady that you could think of. But he hadn't yet healed them all, had he? There were still many that were not able to get close enough, many that had not had the chance to come to him. And he was moved with compassion upon them because of the many needs that they have. 
And I just wonder this morning if it isn't possible even in the church to be so calloused or to become calloused about all the maladies and the harassment in our world today. That when we hear about another shooting or another event or some other family problem that just seems to keep coming back or someone in the church is hurting, if we just, if we don't, if we don't experience that in us, there's something turning over on the inside because of our love for others. Something turning over on our inside for the needs of the people around us. And certainly if a group of people in our world today should be moved with compassion, that should be right here, amen? Among you and among me and upon those that we love and that we care about. So the second part of this verse isn't normally the two things put in context. At least I can't remember ever hearing a sermon with the first part of what we just said coupled with the part that came after. We so often split these two things. We talk about the compassion of Jesus separated from the calling of his disciples. Really interesting here, Jesus had the power, if he wanted to, to be so moved and to be so touched that on his own, he could have healed them all, couldn't he? It's certainly within his power as the Son of God to do that. But there's something really important here that oftentimes I have missed in this context. The contexts have always been, been pulled apart for their own needs, but this morning they're here intertwined together. For Jesus, there's no distinction. There's no compartmentalization going on here. It is this passion and this, this feeling of sadness and sorrow for those who are hurting with the strong desire that people would be sent out to meet those needs. Now, Jesus was already God sent one. He literally was surrounded by the crowds doing everything within his power to touch them. But even as the Son of God, with all miraculous power at his disposal, his next words out of his mouth were, to you and to me, pray that others would see them the way I do and be sent out to do what I am doing. Now the temptation is... (laughs) To be a little too literal, and well, I need to think about this exactly the way Jesus did, so I hurt for other people, and I'm going to pray that someone else will go. <laughs> you ever done that? <laughs> oh, man, there's such a need out there. I'm going to pray for brother so-and-so, three pews up for me, that they will just get their heart right with the Lord, and they would get on fire, and they would go. But Jesus is talking to all of us, really, I think, praying that our, all of our eyes would be opened to the needs of the crowd around us, that we would be moved with compassion enough that we would be compelled to become a part of the solution that Jesus came to usher in. There's a beautiful moment in Jesus' life and his ministry. It's unforgettable, at least to me, to think of how Jesus was so touched by something that was, like in our day, so normal, 
It's normal to come from a broken family. It's normal to suffer abuse almost in our world today. It's, it's normal to turn on the TV and see a shooting. More normal than it's ever been before. I can't, I, I think I've said this before, I almost never watch the daily news. It, is, it just calluses me to all the things that are going wrong, and I get so overwhelmed by the news that I get distracted from the person next door, the person on the phone, the person across town that God wants to open my eyes and my heart to, that I wouldn't just have a feeling of sorrow, that God would have flowed through me enough that I became a part of his healing solution in the middle of someone's pain. So the first moment with Jesus is he was moved by compassion, moved with compassion in the ways that we've talked about. Secondly, you'll see on the screen, he was moved by authentic faith. Jesus was moved by authentic faith. It's um, in the Gospel of Luke chapter 7. If you want to turn there, we can go hopefully to the next slide, or maybe nothing's working right today. That's okay. God cares about that too. He was moved by authentic faith. Most of you know the story of the centurion. He's a man who came to God with a faith like few others. One of these moments where Jesus, the Bible says, marvels at this man's faith. Let's watch it together.
spending another moment with Jesus, we realize that he was moved by authentic faith. What a deeply challenging story this is for you and I. To be reminded that the centurion was a very easy study. It simply was that when God said something, it happened. And there just was nothing else to be said. When God speaks, there's nothing else that needs done. But you and I have grown up in a faith, many of us, where it really is about all that we do. All the things that we do to be worthy to ask. All the different ways we need to conjure up in our mind that we could ask or should ask in the way that we pray. Making sure we say the right words at the right moment. So it sounds good enough to God that he hears us. And I think that's the reason why Jesus is so moved in this moment by this man. Because it reminded him of what he said about the children. If you could only become like these little ones. If your faith could be so simple that you could talk to your dad in heaven and say, Father, help me. He was moved by an authentic faith that he seldom found even among the religious of his day. That should say something to you and I. It does to me. But for most disciples... We really struggle with the simple faith that's way too complicated. And you and I know life is hard to understand. It's hard to believe sometimes. That the promises of God are still as loud and true, no matter how difficult it is for us to accept them as all that we need. Is God's word enough? Because for the centurion, it was all he needed. He didn't need the doctor's explanation about how this cure was going to happen. He didn't ask Jesus how long it was going to take. Did you notice that? He simply said, your word is enough. That's all that I need. No, it is authentic, it is pure, it is, it is among the finest examples in the history of mankind of what many call simple faith. And I long for that in my life. I pray that you do as well. Could it be that we make it too hard for God <laughs> because we get in his way? I can remember the pastor of the church that I was saved under was asked kind of strangely to to, um, minister to the youth during a week-long evangelism revival and campground meeting. And uh, he had been there for a day or two, and the the next day was going to be the, I think it was the 10th year anniversary of his father, who was a war hero veteran's passing. And he just had this overwhelming feeling that he needed to 
to ask one of the other young people to share, and he just needed to get out of the way and go talk with his dad. The challenging thing would have been to argue with God and say, no, I'm called to be there, and I'm being paid to be there, and, and who's going to talk to them if I'm not there, and what is this other person going to say? And, and he was like, I wrestled with that for a couple of minutes, and then I just said, yes, God. And he left. And I was there that night. And every one of those teenagers gave their heart to God. Because one person was able to just say yes, they won't say yes. And those lives were never the same. Their churches have never been the same. The kingdom only will tell the value of simple faith in our lives. How might God challenge you in your life? Don't make it complicated. Don't get overwhelmed with the what ifs and the maybes or even the how or the whys. Just say, God, you are enough for me. He was moved with compassion by the needs of the harassed, of the crowds. He was moved by authentic faith that few of us truly have. Kind of goes along with the first one, but third is found in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 23. If you want to turn there, we won't have it on the screen, but Matthew chapter 23, we're saying that Jesus was moved for Jerusalem and he saw their lostness. Doesn't have it in the NIV, but in other versions like the English Standard Version, it says that Jesus came to Jerusalem and he wept over them. And these are his words, starting in verse 37. He just kind of, basically hell was going to come down to earth because they weren't willing to accept the gospel. And then verse 37, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Can you hear the heart of a father there? The heart of God the Father speaking through his Son. My grandma raised chickens growing up. You do not mess with the mother hen with babies. Unless you have really thick rubber gloves or leather gloves, some kind of protection, or you will not leave there without blood being spilled. Jesus loved us so much that he came to spill all of his blood so that he could be the one who gathers close to him. I remember watching one of my grandma's hens. I think she had nine babies all at once, the poor thing. I don't know why they put that many eggs under her. I think she was one of the ones where you just did not get near her. And what was under her was under her until it was done. So she ended up with nine babies. And bless her heart, she, she hatched every single one of them. And they're born, and by the time they start walking around, they're just, they're running all over the place. 
And it, there was something natural about those mamas. When it got cold at night, they would try to bring them in. But do you know there was always one or two or three or eight of those rascally little guys running all over the pen, wanting nothing to do with the safest place they could have. They were too busy doing their own thing, going their own way, looking for warmth in their own power. I think there's something insightful for us in those rascally little chicks that all the while, God the Father is wanting to draw us close, to draw us into himself, to envelop us with a love that only a father could give. If we could be still and know that he is. And I know in my life so many times, I'm too busy running around the coop And I've missed feeling that love and knowing it. Talk about knowing our identity in Christ. It is knowing that we are loved by a heavenly father who is just, the Bible says in Zephaniah, he sings for joy at the thought of us. He wants us to come close. He's inviting us right now to come close. If we'll put our eyes on him and allow him to draw us in. Would that be something that you and I all purpose to do in our world? Whether we're a student or we're stay-at-home, whether we're working full-time, whether we don't know where we're going, all of us need that, those moments to know how much we are loved. He's moved by our plight, and he wants us more than anything else to come close. One of the reasons why is one of the most amazing stories in all the Bible found in John chapter 11. Number four this morning is he was moved by the death of Lazarus, but we want to say that this morning for, for our benefit, he's moved by our deepest sorrows. How many, many of you have had a deep sorrow? You don't have to raise your hand because I know it pretty much is universal. The death of a spouse or a child, or a friend, or a sickness, or a betrayal, or damage that you don't think can ever be repaired. And the beautiful part about Jesus is, is he, he feels this so much. I hope it's something the church can know that God is not just out there somewhere demanding things of us, expecting things of us, and, and all the work is upon us to come to him. The Bible says that God sent his son to us. Why? So that we could know how much he feels for us. 
that we could sense his care and compassion as he had on so many of the crowds, that he would send you and I as his messenger so that through us others would know. Have you ever heard it said that there's no greater feeling of Jesus' love than in human form? (laughs) You and I being his instruments of love and compassion upon those around us. For those of us who've ever experienced a deep sorrow beyond what we could ever share in public, beyond that we might not even be able to describe to the closest person that we know, Yet it is as real to us as anything is in life. Jesus in that moment for you is moved. Let's watch the story unfold on the screen.
Can you imagine being there that day? Been praying about what does Lazarus' story, in light of the other things we've talked about, mean for you and I? Because he doesn't always roll the stone away and bring our loved ones back to life, does he? Did you catch his prayer to the Father so that everyone would know that I am who you say I am? And I just wonder this morning in, in, our, in our brokenness, in our busyness, in our complicated mess, in the middle of our lives, it is so easy to miss precious moments with Jesus. In your life and in mine right now, I wonder if there's a stone that God wants to roll away so that others would know through you who he is. It may be the stone of we're afraid or it's too difficult to just be gathered in close and yet he woos us. It may be that we're really struggling to just say, God, you are God in this, I believe. And let it go with those two words, I believe. May the Holy Spirit help us in our life to be sensitive this morning as it turns into afternoon here soon to the wounds of his spirit that we too could have moments with Jesus that change every part of who we are and how we live. Would you stand with me and I'll close in a word of prayer. God, I thank you this morning that we do not worship a creator who is far off and distant. But in these Bible passages, we are reminded that he comes so close. Oftentimes, it's a little bit too much for us. Or we're just not willing or comfortable to be that close. And Father, in those moments of confusion or struggle or distraction or doubt or fear. You didn't walk away from the crowds. It turned you inside out to see the struggle that we all have, to be drawn in, to be known as one who is only loved with nothing else on the plate. that we are his prized possession, not because of where we come from or what we do for him, but because we're his children. Lord, in our, in our loss, 
Give us moments where we, where we know that you feel that. There's that level of intimacy with you that we know we are not alone. We may be alone in the room, but we are not alone in this journey. Because he is burdened by our burdens. He cries when we cry. He's there for us in every moment that we need him. Thank you, Lord, this morning for these moments to ponder with you. Thank you, Lord, that you never leave us, you never forsake us, you are always true. And we love you and we praise you this morning for that in your wonderful and precious name. Amen. May you go this morning.